Philippine inflation slows further to 0.8 in October. Former Philippine Police Chief Oscar Albayalde won't face administrative charges over the road cops issue, according to the Interior Department. And the quick hit southern Philippine province of North Cotabato now under a state of calamity. Good afternoon. I'm Camina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Welcome to the program. Philippine inflation slows further in October to a three-and-a-half-year low. It's now at 0.8%, easing slightly from September 0.9. That figure also within analysts' expectations and the Philippines Central Bank's target range. The slowdown is mainly driven by declines in food and transport costs. Inflation for rice, meanwhile, remains negative for the sixth straight month. The downtrend in the inflation in October 2019 was primarily due to the annual drop in the index of the heavily weighted food and non-alcoholic beverages. The annual rates observed in petroleum and fuels for personal transport equipment further decreased by 10% in October 2019. Last year, headline inflation in September and October hit a nine-year high at 6.7 percent. For October, Region 9 or the Zamboanga Peninsula registered the lowest inflation rate at negative 0.1, make that negative 1.3 percent. Central Luzon had the highest, mainly due to increase in prices of food products. The agency notes a rise in inflation in areas affected by the African swine fever. The two regions that um, um, were seen to have uh, higher uh, prices of food, no, particularly meat, chicken, and chicken in Metro Manila, and then uh, chicken and beef in Region Three. So, um, well, these are the two regions right now that are um, affected by the uh, African swine flu. For meat overall, um, we we uh, saw. Um, well, last month was 2.4 and this month is 2.7, so it's like a shift. And uh, we were seeing that uh, it will continue because initial data uh, in, in November uh, uh, still uh, showing uh, upward prices, particularly chicken. For the Philippine Central Bank, the latest inflation report is in line with its assessment. Inflation likely bottomed out in October, but it warns it could pick up slightly for the rest of the year. Deepening global trade tensions, meanwhile, pose a downside risk to the inflation outlook. The Central Bank still expects average inflation to settle within its target range of 2 to 4 percent. As for the Philippine government, it says the October inflation data show the Duterte administration's economic policies are working towards its goal of bringing a comfortable life for Filipinos. It also assures the public government will continue to monitor prices of basic goods this holiday season. Philippine inflation still benefiting from favorable year-on-year -year base effects. That's according to Security Bank's chief economist Dan Roses, who cited 2018's high inflation numbers. Roses says a look at the month-to-month -month change in consumer prices shows the country is growing at a steady and healthy pace. He adds this may be the lowest we'll see in the near term. A 0.8 reading does not necessarily mean that it's uh, that prices are going down. No? Um, what, what it essentially means is that the price or, or the growth of prices is not really um, uh, going high uh, by that much. Probably by next month we'll be seeing something 
uh, to the tune of around 1.3% growth uh, year on year, no? uh, and then uh, probably normalize between uh, the target age of the BSP starting December for this year, uh, when um, consumption uh, will go up. And then within that range, probably for the whole of uh, 2020. No administrative charges will be filed against former Philippine National Police Chief Oscar Albayalde over the drug recycling scandal hounding the police force. That's according to Interior Secretary Eduardo Año, who says there's no evidence directly linking Albayalde to the 13 police officers who allegedly sold illegal drugs seized in a raid in Pampanga back in 2013. The 13 policemen are already facing administrative charges. Doon sa review, wala rin kaming nakikitang matigas na ebidensya para malik na involved si uh, General Bayalde doon sa ginawa ng labing tatlo. Except for command responsibility. Si General Bayalde ay uh, 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 noong 2013, no? pinatungan siya ng... Uh, uh, command responsibility, kaya nirelieve siya as uh, PD ng Pampanga. Sa ngayon, uh, bilang administrative, ang pwede rin nating magawa ay uh, tanggalin siya sa position bilang chief PNP. But that is already moot and academic because he already resigned or relinquished his post. Anyo says the decision on Albayalde's criminal liability will be up to the Justice Department and the Office of the Ombudsman. Albayalde is set to officially re retire November 8th. Well, speaking of Albayalde, the former Philippine police chief faced the Justice Department Tuesday, along with other police officers implicated in the drug recycling scandal. Our Radio DZMM correspondent Johnson Manabat is on the line now for more on this. Johnson, what else can you tell us? Good afternoon, Carmina. The continuation of the investigation of the three-man panel of prosecutors at the DOJ on the controversial anti-drug raid in Pampanga in 2013, retired PNP Chief Oscar Albayalde attended a hearing and submitted his counter-affidavit on the criminal complaint filed by PNP CIDG against him and 13 police officers. The PNP CIDG filed last October 21 their amended referral complaint that includes Albayalde as one of the respondents in the case. Police Lieutenant Colonel Joseph Orso, chief of the PNP CIDG Legal Division, says Albayalde is facing almost the same charges filed against the 13 original respondents, including falsification of public documents and dereliction of duty. Lieutenant Colonel Orso admits that there was no strong single evidence, but a circumstantial evidence that will show that Albayalde is probably liable. According to CIDG, Albayalde is also facing violation of Section 27 of Republic Act Number 9165 or mishandling of evidence, Section 3 of RA 3019, for allegedly causing undue injury to the government and dereliction of duty. Colonel Orsos believes that Albayalde is 70 to 80 percent liable. Meanwhile, for the first time, Respondent Police Major Rodney Baloyo was able to attend the hearing. He arrived at the DOJ, heavily guarded by officers at the Bureau of Corrections. Major Baloyo likewise submitted his counter-affidavit before the panel. The investigation is in connection into the case of the so-called ninja cops or policemen who allegedly recycled confiscated illegal drugs in their anti-drug operations in Pampanga in 2013. The team of Pampanga police officer was led by Major Baloyo that allegedly made off with some 160 kilograms of shabu worth around 648 million pesos. The drugs were seized in an anti-narcotics operation and alleged Chinese drug lord Johnson Lee. 
Both of the respondents were all present during the hearing and affirmed their counter-affidavit on criminal complaint against them. The PNPC-IDG presented new witnesses. Most of them are barangay officials in Mexico, Pampanga. The complainant also presented to the panel a copy of the Senate's resolution or committee report on the alleged ninja cops and Ago Bato scheme as their additional evidence. The panel scheduled the next hearing on November 11 at 10 o'clock in the morning, wherein the PIDG is expected to submit the reply affidavit. Moving on, President Duterte back in Manila after the 35th ASEAN Summit in Thailand, where he called for collective action to address the South China Sea issue. ASEAN leaders in China have been locked in negotiations for the code of conduct that will manage tensions and prevent armed confrontations in the disputed waters. They hope to finish the COC within three years. During the summit, Duterte also sought cooperation against transnational crimes, the trafficking of illegal drugs, and terrorism. He also expressed concern over the ongoing trade tensions between the U.S. and China. The Philippine leader also held a bilateral meeting with Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo on the sidelines of the ASEAN summit in Thailand. Duterte expressed his sympathy to Abe for the devastation caused by Typhoon Hagibis, which killed dozens in Japan last month. Duterte also told Abe he is saddened by the recent fire that destroyed the Shuri Castle, a 600-year-old World Heritage Site in Okinawa. Duterte also apologized to Abe for cutting short his last trip to Japan to attend to pressing matters at home. Well, Duterte spokesman Salvador Panelo firing back on maritime law expert Jay Batong Bakal. Batong Bakal had urged Manila to protest the alleged Chinese harassment of a foreign vessel with a Filipino captain near the disputed Scarborough Shoal. But Panelo says doing so will only put at risk the employment of more than 400,000 Filipino sailors. He adds there was no clear threat to the Liberian flagged ship or to its crew. Panelo claims Batong Bakal is just trying to be relevant. A former Philippine envoy warns hounding China over its activities in the South China Sea could negatively affect the negotiations for a code of conduct in the disputed waters. Former Philippine permanent representative to the ASEAN Wilfrido Villacorta says while China should be reminded to be sensitive to the Philippines' sovereign rights, Manila should also avoid highlighting maritime incidents. We should not... Uh magnify it because we are in the process of negotiating the uh, code of conduct and uh, but as i said and as we also so uh, we all believe as filipinos that uh, our uh, dialogue partner china uh, should be more sensitive to our interest as well Okay. because that is what the code of conduct is all about. Two Filipinos are among four people taken hostage by pirates off the coast of Togo. That's according to that country's navy. Togo and Greek authorities say the pirates attacked a Greek oil tanker Monday and then fled. Armed guards tried to fend off that attack, which comes two days after pirates abducted nine Filipino crew members from a Norwegian flag boat off the coast of Benin.
The quake hit southern Philippine province of North Cotabato. As I just said, it's now under a state of calamity. Let's get more details now from ABS-CBN's Ron Gagala, who joins us on the line from North Cotabato. Ron, what else can you tell us? Carmina, North Cotabato Acting Governor Emilio Mendoza has just uh, confirmed to us that the Provincial Council have just declared a state of calamity after the series of earthquakes struck the province. The latest data from the provincial government shows that there are now about 170,000 individuals affected by the earthquake or about 34,000 families. 5,000 of these families are now in evacuation centers while the rest are outside staying in their homes or farm lots. 21,324 houses, Kamina, are considered to be totally damaged, while 15,363 are partially damaged. The province also recorded 17 deaths, 262 injured persons, and seven individuals are still missing in the town of Makilala. They were buried alive by the landslide. This is the third time, Carmina, that the state of calamity has been declared in the province following the El Nino and the Dengue outbreak in the early part of the year. But despite this, the acting governor said that the province still has enough funds to last them through these years. But of course, they would really appreciate much for uh, any help that will be coming outside of their province. The declaration now can also be used by the other local government units as a means to use their respective calamity funds or funds for that matter to help the quake affected areas here in North Cotabato. On to some sports action now. Sometimes having one MVP is better than having two. That was the case of the Houston Rockets, who rode former MVP James Harden's heroics to defeat the Memphis Grizzlies 107 to 100. Harden exploded for 44 points and grabbed 10 rebounds. The Rockets were coming off a 29-point defeat in Miami, where they had both Harden and another former MVP Russell Westbrook. Westbrook, though, was rested for their match against the Grizzlies, giving the beard free reign in Houston's offense. The Rockets evened their record to three wins and three losses. In Brooklyn, the Nets won a shootout against the New Orleans Pelicans. The Nets had a 20-point lead in the third quarter, but the Pelicans kept coming right back behind forward Brandon Ingram, who scored a career-high 40 points. But Nets all-star Kyrie Irving was just unstoppable, delivering 39 points and dishing out nine assists as Brooklyn prevailed 135 to 125. And before we go, romance returns to Manila thanks to the city's newly rehabilitated Jones Bridge. The beauty of the restored bridge, now adorned with ornate lampposts, was used by an engaged couple as a backdrop for their prenup photographs. The images shared online have since captivated many Filipinos, with several initially thinking these were taken in Europe. How beautiful are those lamps? Look at that. The photos also got a stamp of approval from Manila Mayor Isco Moreno, who thanked the couple and their photographer for appreciating the local government's makeover efforts on the historic bridge. And that's today's online edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. Don't forget to like and share this video and leave your comments below.